Welcome to WP Coffee Talk. Thank you to all of our sponsors, and especially to our espresso-level sponsors, Helix Managed WordPress Hosting, for both their sponsorship and for hosting our site, and to Expander Digital for both their sponsorship and providing SEO services to us. Now enjoy the episode. Welcome to the next episode of WP Coffee Talk. I am meeting this evening, it is evening already, here on the East Coast. And I know it's not East Coast for you, Roy, but it's East Coast for me. And um, so yeah, so it's Friday evening and getting ready for the weekend. And I get to introduce one of my newer friends in the WordPress community, Roy Siva. Now Roy, you and I met for the first time face-to-face at WordCamp San Diego last year, I believe. Yep. Although I'm sure we've been in the same place before because we've been to so many camps and things like that. But I, uh, I only started going to the East Coast camps pretty recently, so uh, I've mainly stuck to the West Coast uh, for, a long, for a long period of time. Okay, cool. But um, yeah, so tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. So if I'm not mistaken, we actually met uh, at WordCamp San Diego, and if I'm remembering correctly, it was Ben's birthday uh, that day. I wondered how long it was going to take before that came up. <laughs> uh, sorry. So now I repeat the question because I was so like ingrained in letting everyone know it's Ben's birthday. It's also Ben's birthday today, so make sure to go say happy birthday to him. And it doesn't matter when we air this because it's Ben's birthday then too. Yes. <laughs> Maybe later we can tell everybody what exactly what that means. <laughs> uh, so sorry, can you repeat the question? Yes. Uh, tell us about yourself and what you do. All right, cool. Um, as you already said, my name is Roy. Um, I am a senior software engineer at the Walt Disney Company. Um, small little company, you might have heard of it. Um, and I've been a web developer for the better part of my life, basically, at this point. Um, I started at a really young age, so uh, yeah, I've been developing ever since and really uh, got into the WordPress realm really, really early on um, when it was still kind of like a beta cafe press kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until a decent amount of time later that I got involved in the community. But yeah, I've been devving for quite a bit. That's awesome. And you have a beautiful family. I do. Um, I do. Uh, I have a son who's just about to turn one uh, in a couple weeks here. Um, it's my first kid. We're very, very excited for our first birthday. Although I'm still learning all the ins and outs of being a parent. Like all of a sudden my weekends don't exist anymore. And uh, every, t- every weekend there's a birthday party and I'm like, what is going on? Why I don't even have this many birthday like celebrations. Yeah, well, um, you won't ever get totally, because <laughs> they, as they change, the parental situation changes. My daughter's 27, she's getting married next year and I'm still navigating all the new things with her, so. Yeah, well, we're, uh, we're figuring it out as we go and obviously uh, learning as we go, but yeah, no, he's fantastic. I absolutely adore him and uh, you know, everything has changed, as they say, since he was born and all my life goals and ambitions have now shifted. He is beautiful. I love when you share stuff about him on Facebook because he's just a sweetie pie. So um, I usually ask people to to show me their mug and tell me what's in their mug. You don't have a mug. Show me something special that nobody else around here probably has. So I'm currently in the process of like redoing my office slash organizing. So on my desk right now, I have a Coca-Cola bottle, a Coca-Cola bottle specifically from Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is the Star Wars, uh, land slash universe that exists at a uh, Disneyland and Disney World. So yeah, that's uh, sitting on my desk right now. It's the closest thing to a uh, vehicle for liquids that I have on my desk. Well, anybody that follows me knows I am a huge Wonder Woman fan. And so this is my biggest Wonder Woman mug. I got this as a thank you for dog sitting. And when I got to her house, there was a bottle of wine in the mug. That's how big this is. Like it, the whole bottle fit right in it. Oh, I love those kind of mugs. They're good. They're really awesome. So this, I'm drinking some tea right now because it is a little too late for me to have coffee at this time of day. Um, I'd like to sleep tonight. But um, yeah, this is my Wonder Woman with some kind of, I'm not usually into camouflage, but if you put a Wonder Woman logo on it, I'll probably like it. So there you go. <laughs> I love those mugs because usually when you want a warm beverage, you don't mind a decent amount of it. So it's like, I either need a lot of coffee or I want a decent amount of hot chocolate or I want a nice cup of tea. So I like the bigger mugs. Yeah, me too. And it stays hotter longer because there's more of it. <laughs> you know, volume makes it stay warmer longer. Uh, so tell us, how did you get started with WordPress? 
Can you hear me? No? Hello? Right? Are we stuck? Okay, so we had a little blip in the recording there. Um, hopefully we'll splice things back together and be in good shape there. We yeah, there's um, there's some fires going on in the area, so I wouldn't be surprised if my internet is a little bit flaky because of that. Oh, that makes sense. And please stay safe, of course. Um, but we were talking about the ginormous mug that I have and how much it can hold. And I had just said to you, and I realized you couldn't hear me anymore, that the nice thing about a big mug too is it holds a, a lot of volume, which keeps it hotter longer. And then there was this dead silence and I was like, he doesn't agree with me. And then I realized, <laughs> then I realized I you weren't blinking anymore, so. <laughs> I do agree. I, and that's also why I also like larger mugs. Yeah, it works really well that way. Uh, so tell us, how did you get started with WordPress? Uh, so I started web developing, as I said, at an early age, um, uh, probably around middle school, out of elementary school. Uh, my mom bought me a learn HTML on the weekend book from like book uh, borders or something. And I learned HTML. I did learn it in a weekend. Um, and all through high school and all through college, I was developing and I learned PHP. Um, and someone had recommended, just because I was doing consulting in co during college uh, to help pay for tuition and books and stuff and rent, um, someone recommended I take a look at Cafe Press and then WordPress, which is a fork of it. And I said, oh, this could be really helpful for some of the client stuff I do. Um, and so I started playing around with it. This was really, really early on, and there was like no real themes or no plugins. It was just, um, it was one step up from, uh, in PHP, you can include templates, like you can include a file. So uh, when I first learned how I could include a header, so if like someone changed a navigation item, I didn't have to change it on like every single page in HTML. Gotcha. Um, so it was like one step up from that. I was like, oh, I can actually not even have to worry about the content. In every single page, I can have a database for that. That's amazing. So, and it took care of the database and it had all this other features. So yeah, it was, it was that that I kind of started learning about it. And, you know, same time as uh, Drupal was already around at the same time. So started learning about CMSs in general. So pretty early on, probably in, uh, I'd say the, the mid 2000s at some point. I don't know the exact date. So a real early adapter for sure. I remember yeah. we were building websites in the early 2000s um, and even a little bit later with, you know, WYSIWYG and things like that. And like every page I go back and double check the menu. Did I have all the items in the same order? Did I have the one for the current page a different color or unhyperlinked and all of those things. And yeah, I'm really grateful that WordPress doesn't make us do that. <laughs> yeah, there was at one point, um, I was still using Dreamweaver, but like in the code mode only, so I thought it was super cool. Uh -huh. um, and I would just do find and replaces for like navigation items, but like it always messed up somewhere. So I'd still have to go through and, and fine tune something or, I mean, this was even, CSS wasn't even huge back then. So it was like um, still like table design, a lot of like inline styling um, for things. So it was yeah, such a pain. So when PHP came around and I was like, oh my God, I can include things. And then WordPress came along and I actually had, it's funny, I actually had um, at one point in time, a client with WordPress, a client with Drupal and a client with Joomla all at the same time. So I really got to like pick and choose and learn the CMSs and I just found uh, WordPress the easiest, obviously. So I kind of stuck with it. I was gonna say throw a .NET Nuke in there and you'd have them all. Oh no, yeah, no. <laughs> I stuck to LAMPstack most, most of the time. Uh, the worst site I've ever had to work with was an inherited.NET Nuke site, and I was like, never again. Um, my last job before Disney was a .NET C Sharp. Um, luckily, I was a front-end engineer and only a front-end engineer, and I was like, I'm not doing anything with this. If I need something, I'm sending this ticket back to back-end, and they can deal with it. Exactly, exactly, because that was not fun. No. When you look at websites across the vast internet, what are some things you think that we need to focus on? Um, you know, whether as a community or as individual designers that make would make sites stronger and better 
um, not only for us, but really for the site visitors? Uh, as a blanketed statement, um, and just because it's very uh, connected to current events, I would say we really need to focus on accessibility more. Um, there's, and this is like, I'm, I'm talking about myself too, because I know I don't do it nearly enough and I don't validate as much as I should. And I, you know, like it, it's always been like, hey, as long as you're doing decent code markup, then you're accessible. But there's, there's, it's now a little bit more than that. So I think as a whole, we should all be looking at accessibility. Um, and we should start looking at what other countries are doing as far as like, what are their standards and start adopting some of these higher standards for, I'd say across the board, almost any site. Um, you know, I know that mom and pop and small businesses and like individual sites might not see the need for it, but not seeing the need for it is kind of part of the problem. Uh, we need to really realize that there's a lot of people out there that can't always access the information or see the information on our site uh, as easily as we think they can. Um, as well as something, something that someone brought up to me uh, or brought up really recently again with this, uh, just to place it in time for someone watching or listening later on, uh, the Domino's case just came up, right? Like the Domino's case came to the Supreme Court. And I don't really want to go into too much detail about it, but just so people can get a reference of time frame of where we're at. Um, but someone brought up like just the fact that as people get older and as people are living a little bit longer nowadays, it's not even that they need accessibility requirements right now, but they might soon, right? They might in five years, 10 years in their lifespan, they might have a need for that kind of thing. So it's not about looking at the market today, but it's looking at the market five years from now, what are they going to need? And I think we're kind of lacking. And uh, I see this again, top to bottom, small sites all the way up to major corporations. Um, mm -hmm. You know, schools and government sites have kind of a mandate requirement for accessibility, but I'm not sure this is where my kind of ignorance in the, in the area kind of fails me. I'm not sure how strict it is or if it's even good enough, mm -hmm. but I do know that there's some guidelines there. I just, I don't think it's enough. And I think people need to start looking at it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I've said before, other people have brought this up too with this question, which I love the fact that lots of us are thinking about accessibility. Um, it's way easier to build a site with accessibility in mind than to go back and retrofit a site to be accessible. Um, and I think what I've discovered recently, I'm working on um, a site with, you know, 12 other people or more in that site on a daily basis. And I'm constantly referencing, like going through the media files, for example, and nobody's put alt tags on the media they're uploading. Something simple like that, just go through your media files and fix those things up. Um, and so I keep, you know, cracking the whip on people like, tag your media. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard with content creators. So I, used to work with a team that, well, I didn't work with the content creators directly. I built sites and worked on sites that content creators were heavily involved in. That's all they did. Mm -hmm. uh, we're focusing on these sites. And yeah, getting them to even upload a right image size was impossible. Like we would get, um, I think my favorite example was there was, an, there was a blog post I was looking at for performance and there was a picture of like the Dumbo ride, which is a carousel type ride where you kind of go up and down. Um, forgot the actual term for it. but. So it's the Dumbo ride in Disneyland, and it was a thumbnail. It was like a 150 by 150, pretty small image, and that's it. Like it wasn't like you couldn't click on it or anything. It was just there's a tiny image, uh, part of this uh, blog post. But the blog post was had horrible performance, and that's because they uploaded like a 12 megapixel file, full size, full resolution, and then they used the you know the WordPress CSS basically to downsize it to make sure that it fits where they needed it. Mm -hmm. um, so it was loading this like, I don't even know how big it was. It was decently a couple, a couple megabytes, if not a couple hundred megabytes. Um, it was ridiculous. So like even things like that, um, not really super accessibility directly related, but like yeah. getting producers to do things is the, the hard part. So there's, I think two areas where we can really focus on. One is making it easier for people who don't code. Yep. Um, you know, I know you know the plugin space pretty well with WordPress. So I think, you know, plugin developers and plugin and theme developers need to kind of take it on themselves because mm -hmm. they're the ones that are writing the code, which people who don't care about code are putting up on online. Right. Um, so they are now tasked with caring about the code. Um, and it's, 
I don't mean to pass the blame because I hate people that pass the blame, but I think this is kind of where the responsibility lies is theme and plugin developers for that kind of stuff. And then for content, I don't know what to do. I think there's ways we can automate things like that, but I don't think solutions we would put together. But we'll see solutions being created at a high end. Um, you know, like when I'm talking about custom sites or custom applica web applications, that's where we're going to start seeing these things and they'll trickle down into plugins and themes and stuff. So I'm excited for what technology can bring to accessibility. I just think we need to start focusing on it more. Yeah, and I think social media needs to catch up as well because uploading photos in social media, no, they never say, you know, what's the description of this image or anything like that, so. I think that, yeah, yeah, that'd be valid, just so people get the understanding of like, this is what you need to do every time you put a picture online. Yep, and our friend Ben has a tendency yeah. to do that. So like, the first time I saw it, I was like, I saw he posted something on Facebook and I was like, and then he puts in parentheses, you know, alt tag or alt description or something and he types, you know, this is a picture of so-and-so. And I was like, that is brilliant. And I don't know why I never thought of it, so. I really, really like doing that. The only issue I have with it is one, Twitter limits how many characters you have. So if you want to write something decent, yeah. uh, it kind of limits you there. Two, I have a really hard time keeping a straight face while doing them. So like every time I, put, I do one, I'm like, all right, I got I to gotta make this funny. So like, <laughs> I'll just try to put something or I'll just say it's a gif of Ben on his birthday. Yeah. And I'll make it somehow relate. So like if you did need it. It was, it was descriptive enough, but obviously a joke. Um, that's, my, that's my only issue is I have a hard time keeping serious with those kind of things. Sometimes they are funny for sure. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's really unfortunate when people don't rename their, like they don't put it all tight, they don't rename the file and it's just some string of numbers and letters that don't make sense. So having something about Ben's birthday is, is definitely better <laughs> than that. Having something about Ben's birthday is always a better option. Yeah. As long as there's cake involved, I'm happy. Um, <laughs> what's something you wish you had known earlier in your WordPress career that you've learned since that might have made your life a little easier? Um, about WordPress specifically? Yeah, anything. Um, this is a hard one just because I, I, I'm always learning, right? Like I always try to be learning something. Mm -hmm. um, I will shamefully admit it took me far too long to figure out what custom post types are okay. so for a very very long time when someone had what clearly were custom post types i was using post categories and just like stuffing everything into post categories um along those lines i would say post meta so i guess data structure in general like architecture of data was something i learned and that i wish i learned earlier on because yeah those if I ever looked at some of these old, old sites, I, I'm hoping no, don't exist anymore. Um, post categories for things that should have been post types and definitely using like ep, the excerpt for, for pieces of data that I really should, were not excerpts at all. They were like, hey, you're gonna put some data in here and I'm gonna use it completely somewhere else that's totally irrelevant to an excerpt, but it's, it, I have nowhere else for you to put it. So this is where you're gonna put it. Yeah. Um, so post meta boxes and, and, uh, custom post types, just like data structure. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And you're the first person to, to answer that way. So I like that when we get different answers from people, that's fantastic. When you think back over the WordPress meetups and events and word camps that you've been to, is there, um, a talk or a person or a moment in time that kind of was pivotal or inspirational? Um, and if there was, what was it? Uh, there's quite a few. Um, I feel like I try to take um, I try to take away at least one talk from every camp or every I'll say every meetup because meetups usually only one or two talks. But from every camp, if I'm not taking away something, then even even if it's forty dollars, it wasn't worth it, right? Um, so I try to take something away from every talk, uh, every camp. Um, the big ones that I remember, um, I don't remember the year. I want to say it was 2016 maybe, uh, was WordCamp Miami. Mm -hmm. um, I was talking at WordCamp Miami, and then Morton, Ren Hendrickson was, was talking at WordCamp Miami, and he was talking about UX and mobile. Mm -hmm. And as he was talking about how, you know, as phones have gotten bigger, um, UX for things like the hamburger, this is back during like the hamburger, hamburger icon uh, gate, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, 
But just he was just showing all these screenshots with hands and thumbs, and I'm like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, there needs to be better UX for for mobile. Um, and this was this is post responsive. Like, responsive things were already like a big thing. Like everything was responsive, but no one really thought about UX and. I think that that's when I also kind of realized there was a clear distinction between kind of the design of something and the experience of something. They're two different things. Like you can have a nice design, but a horrible experience. You can have a great experience, but a horrible design. So that one I really took a lot from. Um, and one of my other really favorite talks was actually a LoopConf. So LoopConf doesn't exist anymore. Uh, hopefully it'll come back, but it was a developer focused non-WordCamp. Uh, conference. Uh, and Norcross gave a really good talk on not about code, but actually about our community and about how uh, we treat each other. It was more of a social talk. And he really called out a lot of things going on in our community that were not acceptable. Um, and it made me look at our community at a little bit different light. Like, I think up to that point, I was like, oh, the WordPress community, everything is kind of peachy and dandy. Uh, and then I'm not going to say that, you know, I don't want to blame him for like bursting my bubble, but, um, you know, you start looking at these kind of things and you're like, wow, there are some people in this community that I don't particularly want to, you know, spend my time with. Like, I don't want to associate my time with them. Um, and it's hard, yeah, and it's hard sometimes to differentiate and, and, and you know, I, I will say sometimes you make friends and then you have to assess your friendships, uh, after the fact, cause you might learn some things. Um, but I, but overall, yeah, I think it just made me realize that we should really look at everybody and, um, you know, hold everyone to a higher standard. If we want to be held to a higher standard, we should hold other people to higher standards. And maybe we should be calling people out more often than not mm -hmm. um, for something like that, not letting things kind of just slide under the rug. So those are my two favorite talks. There's a lot of dev talks that I, I've obviously taken stuff away from, but sure. um like split second, this is what I remember. Those are the two talks that come to my mind. That's awesome. I love it. And I love that there are two different kinds of talks too, for sure. Uh, so what do you do at Disney? Tell us a little bit about what you do for, you know, with WordPress and whatever you're doing every day. So um, I will say that I don't, I do longer work. Uh, I do not do, sorry, let me start that over. Okay. Um, yeah. um, I will say that currently at Disney, I don't do any WordPress work. So. Okay. Um, I did do WordPress work for a long time. Um, I've been at Disney for going on four years. I think this, no, sorry. It's four years and then some change because I started it as a contractor and then four years after my contract ended and I started as a full-time employee. So for most of that time, I was doing WordPress work. Um, my first role at Disney, I was mainly internal applications. So things that we call, you know, guests, visitors, public won't see. Um, anywhere, anything from like little applications for maintenance and, uh, just keeping track of documents, like really internal kind of like, I don't say Google drive kind of things, but just a way to keep things kind of together internally, uh, kind of intranet based kind of things. And then, uh, from there, that was the con my contract time period. And then I switched over to working for the social sites. So, um, things like, Oh, my Disney. Um, StarWars.com slash news is a WordPress site that we maintain along with StarWars.com and a couple other kind of big uh, name brand sites that we have. Um, and then I worked on a lot of the WordPress ones. So oh my Disney was a WordPress site uh, style, Disney style, Disney family. Um, and I did that for, I'll say that was like three years right there. And that was, a con that was only WordPress. And then uh, just about a year ago, um, I switched over one more time. I am now working with a new business of Disney and I do mainly PHP with a lot of JavaScript as well, but not WordPress. Not WordPress. Gotcha. Are you still using WordPress in any capacity right now? Yeah. So I still do consulting on the side uh, in my free time. Um, it's a mix of consulting for uh, plugin development and kind of bespoke application builds or bespoke uh, feature builds for people. Mm -hmm. um, I try, I don't say I don't try to stay away from full builds, but I don't get full website clients anymore. Um, and that's fine by me. I prefer it that way. Mm -hmm. uh, usually I, I kind of defer and, and refer those out anyway. Yeah. But I do like to take on challenging um, feature requests, basically. 
Gotcha. Uh, and then, you know, I also have a couple side businesses that I also run, mm -hmm. uh, hoping to eventually make those my full-time thing. But mm -hmm. for now, uh, I'm kind of just all over the place, always trying new things. So we had Mike Demo on the on the show, a couple of, uh, I say we, the royal we, it's just me. I had Mike Demo on the show not too long ago. And How many points did you get? Did you get a lot of points? I should have. I don't know. I, I don't know where the official point list is, so... I'm not really sure, but um, I think that we should assign you a point value for every time you say the word Disney during this interview, and like you're gonna just rise right up that point. <laughs> <laughs> and I get points just for saying his name. <laughs> you do. Um, although I do think to complete the demo point tri uh, trilogy, we'll have to get uh, James Tryon on. Um, he's the official point keeper as well as uh, a knower of all demo point things. I've invited um, him several times. The man's a very busy man, but maybe you can put a little pressure on him too. I will. I will make sure. Uh, that will be, and you should have that as a separate category on your site called the Demo Point Trilogy, uh, <laughs> which, which in itself will get you demo points. I'll, I'll make a, um, a subcategory for those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so when, are you going to be on any um, work camps coming up? Are you looking at anything like that this year? Do you, are you participating in your local meetup? Uh, so I, I used to do the meetups a lot. I actually used to co-organize a meetup here in Los Angeles, the Hollywood meetup. Mm -hmm. um, I got a little burnt out from planning a meetup every month as well, or helping plan a meetup every month, as well as the traffic. Um, we also have a more local one to me, except we never found a really good place, and the, the, the uh, attendance was kind of all over the place. Like one time we'll have 10 people, another time we'll have three people, another time we'll have 50 people. So, I don't know, I kind of got burnt out from the meetup space, but I do love WordCamps. I love WordCamps. So, um, I've done a couple this year so far. I've done Orlando, Phoenix, and I actually just did Long Beach last weekend. So, Long Beach was the first one here in the LA area for Long Beach. So, that was a good camp. Um, I was really happy to go. I just had, we just had WordCamp Rochester last weekend. In Rochester, Rochester and is the one I want to get to. I want to go back to the Northeast. So... Yeah. I've done Montreal, I've done Toronto, um, I've done Montreal twice, so I want to go back up there. Obviously, I have a lot of friends up there, and then I want to work my way into that area, like Rochester, I think Hamilton has one. Yeah. Um, eventually, I want to do New York, Boston. I like to joke that I am the WordPress um, celebrity in Canada because I speak at a lot of Canadian camps for some reason <laughs> about for a year uh, more than I do in the U.S. so you know. I did about uh I did about a year two years of like I was just constantly going around to camps like I can I consider it my like my tour of camps um and yeah that's when I did Toronto I think once or twice Montreal I definitely did twice or maybe even three times mm -hmm. um and that was the same year I did Miami. Um, it was a busy, busy year for WordCamps, but uh, yeah, I became an unofficial Canadian. I have some Canadian swag laying around. <laughs> me too. And they put me in their Canadian Slack channel. I'm the token American. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move into what I call my rapid fire questions. Take as much time as you need to answer them. But if you were to talk to somebody who is building their first website, what are a couple, two, three plugins that you would recommend as um, must-have plugins, either by name or by type? Um, so the first thing I would then I would first ask is, what are they building? Um, I think that a lot of people are quick to answer things like, here, install this plugin, here, install this plugin, but you have to know what they're actually needing. Um, so I guess by default, Yoast, right? You're gonna want an SEO, because what's the point of having a website if you're not even gonna care about SEO? Mm -hmm. So Yoast. Um, and then depending what they're doing, my second, my second install is always ACF, um, or ACF pro to be specific. Cause, uh, it's always needed. You always need custom content or you need a post meta that's unique. And I'm enough of a developer humble enough to say that I'm not going to code meta boxes by myself. Right. I'm happy that ACF does it for me very, very easily. So I'll pass that off to ACF. And if, somebody, um, if somebody's listening and they don't know what ACF is, that's Advanced Custom Fields. Yeah, so it do, they do, they're a plugin that really takes the, the custom meta or um, basically if you need more data per post uh, besides the content and, you know, whatever, 
kind of hard to talk about now that we have Gutenberg, right? So like there's a whole nother reason for this thing um, because it used to just be post content and that's it, your excerpt. And now there's like all these blocks. So if you need more data that's not block related, that's post related, that's where Metabox is and, and metadata comes in for your whole post. So uh, while a block is really good for custom data for that particular block, post meta is good for the whole post. So um, I would say think of it like a category because categories are technically a piece of data for the whole post, but not a category, not a taxonomy, more like some other piece of information that you might need. Um, a good example that's out of the box would be like post formats uh, in posts. Those are a piece of data that's associated to that particular post as a whole and not a particular block in that post. Um, so ACF does it really, really well. Uh, as of 5.8, they actually do block development. So you can build blocks with uh, ACF now. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a purist. I do love using React to build my blocks, but um, I am working on a project right now where ACF, that's, they wanted to go the ACF route. Mm -hmm. And it's really not that bad. There's still a lot of good customization available. Um, and there's still, you can still do a lot of the stuff you want to do but it makes it a little bit easier by registering everything through ACF. Mm -hmm. So I don't mind it. It's not a horrible solution. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I, I have projects that are both, both like straight React and ACF uh, Gutenberg blocks. So I do really like that plugin. Um, i trying to think uh, if there's anything else that I would automatically download. Um, do you have, no. a, you have a go-to form plugin that you use? Uh, it used to be Caldera. It's still pretty much just Caldera, but um, it depends on the site. So if it's like a really small business site, if they don't need much more than a basic contact form, most, I, I sorry, I go with Beaver Builder. So I'll press it. Press, uh, I'll start with that. Yeah, I'll start with that. When I'm building a basic site for someone or a small business, I use Beaver Builder. Um, so they have a good, a decent contact form like module that's ready to go. Yep. So I don't mind that. Um, if I'm not using that, if they need something more or more, more fields or more forms, then I go to Caldera, um, which is now part of Ninja Forms, actually. So, yep. um, you know, I'm good friends with Josh and just so happens that I really like his form plugin. So it worked out well. I actually also use Gravity Forms from time to time, depending on the, depending on the application. If it's a little bit more advanced, and requires a little bit more, um, you know, processing with custom data, custom tables, anything like that. I tend to go with the gravity forms approach because it's a little bit easier um, from my point of view to dev out some higher level customization. Mm -hmm. But for basic forms and even custom basic payment, like instead of, installing, instead of installing WooCommerce, if someone's just taking, hey, I need a way to take 50 bucks or 100 bucks, I just install uh, Caldera forms with the PayPal plugin and add on and Good to go. Exactly. I've done the same thing uh, with Stripe. And yeah, Stripe, whatever. Yep, exactly. At any point in your WordPress career, have you had a mentor or somebody that you looked up to? Um, you know, I'd have another question coming up about people you admire in the community. But so this would be more somebody who's actually been instructive to you, whether it was an official relationship or kind of unofficial. So um, I did have a mentor who I talk about and a couple blog posts and things I've talked about throughout the years. But it was actually the person that took me kind of away from WordPress for a little bit. Um, so I was working at an agency in Hollywood here in California, and I had the opportunity to move back to San Francisco uh, for a little bit. So I was born and raised in San Francisco. I, I currently live in Southern California, Los Angeles. So a friend of mine from college who actually was from down here ended up in San Francisco. So he was like, hey, my roommate's going away for a little bit. Do you want to come and basically crash in his room? Uh, you won't have to pay rent. I'm like, perfect. That sounds amazing. Um, while I was there, my agency decided that they no longer wanted me to work on WordPress, and I had to choose to basically leave the agency or learn Drupal and start taking on Drupal work um, because they're moving their bigger, larger builds into Drupal. Um, while that was happening, my friend was very big in the Angular JavaScript community. Um, he started the uh, project called Angular UI, mm -hmm. uh, which has certain things like UI state navigation, UI router. 
Um, and so what we did was we, in, in his apartment, he had these big walls. So we went to Home Depot and I don't know if you know this, but at Home Depot, you could buy paneling for your wall that actually works as a dry erase board uh, minus the magnetization. Um, and they're, they're dirt cheap for like the size of whiteboards you get, right? So like if you buy a whiteboard that has the nice frame around it, kind of like the ones behind me, um, you know, they're like 60 to 80 bucks for a decent sized one. Sometimes a lot more than that. Uh, you're talking about like, I think we pay like 30 bucks for ones that are like the size of a wall. They were huge. Um, so we bought two of them. We, we mounted them to the wall. And in like two or three days, he taught me Angular 1 by me just sitting there and him on the whiteboard, like explaining out concepts to me. And Angular 1 is probably one of the easier JavaScript frameworks to learn because it's very derived on HTML. Like it's, a lot of it is powered by generic HTML, which was really easy to pick up because I already knew HTML. Like the concepts of building HTML site would be the same, just you have JavaScript behind it in Angular. Um, and so from that point on, like I always looked up to him. I was looking at what he was doing. Uh, we kind of had not the same paths and trajectories in life, but we had very similar. Uh, I always, we used to always joke around that like every time one of us left a job uh, and got a new one, the other one would then have to also, so we could like, and this is going to sound really bad, but we would basically try to one up each other on like our salaries and our benefits and our perks, just, just for fun. And we're like, we're really good friends and um, it, it's all fun and games. So really there was nothing more to it than that. But it was just one of those things where we always, I guess you can say we kind of just challenged each other. Like we always pushed each other. Um, so it worked out pretty well. So it was, he was always someone I looked up to because he had the development that was ahead of mine. Mm -hmm. um, but then I felt like I was ahead of him in other areas. Like I was, I, it was easier for me to get a new job. I was a little bit more social at the time. So I was able to uh, get, you know, these interviews and stuff. So um, we kind of complimented each other pretty well. Um, and I absolutely love learning from him. And so I'd always follow the path he was on um, until he stopped using Angular and I still did. So <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, no, he's probably the only like true mentor I would say I've had in the development space. I have one right now, kind of like I have a person I'm, I'm look, I look up to as far as like enterprise and he works at Disney. He works out in Florida. Um, and I just I admire everything he does. I've worked on one project with him so far and he's really, really anal retentive and it, it annoys the crap out of me, but also he's a lead. He's in a position I want to be in. So I want to know what is he doing so I can be in the same. I want to get to that position and he does, he builds really cool things. So, um, that's where I'm kind of staring right now. He probably, he sounds like somebody who perfectly comments his code as well, right? Yes. <laughs> And he's a stickler for those code reviews. But at the end of the day, his code, his applications that he pulls out are usually some of the best code base that we've seen. Um, and a lot of things, he kind of pushes the bar one level up. And, and, he's, and he was really good as far as um, being able to take and be creative with the code. Like he was uh, very, when I did work with him, it was easy to see he respected new things and didn't just stay in his own ways um, as a stickler, as much of a stickler as he is and wants that perfect code. Uh, it wasn't his code or no code. It was, all right, let's take a look at your code and let's look at a proof of concept. And you know, if, if this works out and makes sense, let's do it. That's awesome. I still want your code to be perfect, but it'll be yeah. something else. That's good. It's nice to have somebody that, that's like that for you. For sure. Oh yeah. You need to always challenge yourself. And sometimes, it's hard to challenge yourself without anyone else challenging you, uh, whether they know it or not. Uh, you just need that person to just be like, hey, I need to get to that person's level. So whatever they're doing, I'm going to challenge myself to also do. I love that. Well, who's somebody in the WordPress community that you admire and why? Um, there are so many people I admire for so many different reasons. Um, Pick a couple. Um, I, I'll, so the... WP Rig, uh, which is the new theme, uh, the basically anyone on that team I admire. So you're talking about Morton Rand Hendrickson, Rachel, um, and Andrew Taylor is the big three, I think. I think there's a few other people that I'm missing, but when I think about WP Rig, I think of those three. Um, I absolutely admire them for obviously three different reasons or 
their own separate uh, reasons. But um, when I look at what they're tweeting and what they're writing about, um, I respect all of them greatly because they are the people that you want to look to to see, you know, in, in their each area, what they're doing. Like um, Andrew Taylor, who works at Pantheon, um, he's super smart about just about anything. And so I look at his implementations of things and not going to lie, sometimes they're a little more complicated than they need to be, but they're still really, really cool. And I don't mind that kind of stuff. Like I love the overcomplicate, overcomplicate, overcomplication, over complicating things. I love overcomplicating things for the sake of overcomplicating them. Um, and, but there's a reason for it and it doesn't make it any worse. It's still great, whatever it is. So, um, and then Rachel, she's always been accessibility. And, and I worked with Rachel for about two years, I want to say. She was at Disney with me. That's Rachel Cherry. Yeah. Uh, she is a fantastic engineer. Um, and I think what she's doing right now is awesome. She's kind of straddling the realm of, like, accessibility. Obviously, she's still not in the higher education space, which is awesome. I think it's super important. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's kind of bringing some new voices out. And... She's brought up a conversation just recently that some of us were, you know, having talks about, which is, you know, what does a WordPress fork look like? Like, if we take a WordPress and make a fork of it, make a whole new community, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and Morton has been kind of, like, along that lines, too. Like, when it comes to, it's hard to find people to relate sometimes when you're working in enterprise with WordPress, because a lot of the things that are WP drama are, like, so not part of my thought process as a, in the enterprise. Um, good example today, there was a conversation about auto updates. Um, I don't ever have to worry about auto updates because none of our sites would ever auto update. Um, I saw your post. I saw your comment on that post actually. <laughs> so, you know, like there's, there's reasons for it and I can have a whole conversation about it, but like, I feel like Morton has always been, when I finally understand something from the enterprise, I usually find a tweet from Morton from like three years before where he was already talking about it. I'm like, yep. All right. I'm happy. I'm like at least on his level three years behind or five years behind or whatever. He definitely has a brilliant mind. That's for sure. Um, I do want to point out one other person who I really admire and that's Josh Pollock. Um, I've looked up to him probably since before I met him. Um, I met him at that same work camp Miami and, uh, the first thing I asked him was like, how do you write so much? Like he used to write articles and I used to always find them. And I'm like, I want to write articles. Like that sounds awesome. And like, you're writing about some really cool stuff. And then, you know, I learned more about him. I learned about Caldera. Um, and then just recently with him, you know, basically selling Caldera and being moving into Saturday drive. Um, he's, he really succeeded with that. And I, I, I commend him for it. I think it's awesome that he was able to see a vision through. And um, obviously he had a lot of help from Christy and, them two together really did an awesome thing um, that they should both be super proud of. And I am super proud of them for it. Um, I think that they came out on top and couldn't have asked for, maybe they could ask for more and better, but they came out really good. I'm happy for them. And I think that um, I'm a little jealous, you know, I've always wanted to be that kind of person that had a plug-in company or a a big agency or anything like that. And so watching people who are my friends succeed, uh, I think is amazing. I completely agree. I had Josh on the show right before they sold uh, Caldera. And then I've had, it's, it's not released yet, but I had um, James Laws from Saturday Drive and Ninja Forms. His episode will be coming out soon. Probably out, it will be out by the time this one is out. And uh, to hear both sides of, of that conversation was kind of, was really interesting and in how well they're working together and how Josh is enjoying working um, as a developer and not having to be a business owner. So. I also find that interesting from a point of, and this is kind of, I'll, I'll bring demo back into it. Um, the, the notion of mergers and acquisitions in the small time WordPress space hasn't been a thing, but it's starting to be mm-hmm. where you have not huge, but okay sized plugin companies and theme shops are now getting acquired. Um, you know, it's not just big host companies anymore. Like that was, it used to be like that. It was always like, Oh, HostGators is getting bought or GoDaddy's getting bought or, you know, it's, it's big companies. And now we're seeing that trickle down into medium sized to small sized plugins are getting bought out. Um, you know, whether it's just mainly for their user base or whatever it might be, um, or for the talent alone. But 
I think that's something that we're going to see a lot more of, I hope. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that we haven't seen enough of yet. It's, it is very interesting. It'll be interesting to watch what happens over the next few years, for sure. Absolutely. Um, what's, I'm making sure I'm not skipping a question. What's something you want to learn in WordPress that you haven't tackled yet? Um, with WordPress specifically, uh, I really want to tackle WP GraphQL. So, I mean, I, I can't say that it's WordPress specific, but the WordPress connection of GraphQL, which is an API layer that's mm -hmm. separate from REST API, which is what WordPress has out of the box. Um, I helped and love the REST API from before it was, a, like almost before it was a thing. Um, so I'm very just vested into it. Uh, but every time I talk to the people at GraphQL or people that work with GraphQL, they absolutely love it. And they're like, I don't know why you use REST. And I totally get it. I built projects with GraphQL um, in the past, mm -hmm. not directly using it or building out the GraphQL layer, but just uh, feeding or getting the data from it and then looking at what the results are. Um, so I want to get more into that. So there's that is probably the most like WordPress specific thing that I would say. And then like Gutenberg stuff, like I guess you could say in Notion that in uh, you know with React being behind Gutenberg or powering Gutenberg, the Gutenberg code. There's a lot of React stuff I just don't know, and mm -hmm. I want to learn more of uh, just to make my blocks better, more performant, things like that. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um... What's the biggest WordPress mistake you've ever made, and what did you learn from it? Biggest WordPress mistake. Um, I don't know if I have a specific scenario, okay. but I do have one that I'm thinking of, and I'm trying to make it a little more broad, because I know that if I make it more broad, it'll apply to more cases. Okay. Um, and it kind of goes back to not learning the question before of not learning uh, fast enough or wish I learned it earlier. And that's data. Um, I will, I, I love taking a business requirement or, and, you know, talking to a business or a stakeholder and trying to figure out a technical solution for what they need. Um, I think that's probably one of the most fun parts of my job when I get to do it or when I get to consult with someone. Uh, you know, forget talking to them about a solution, talk to them about what they want first. Um, forget even WordPress and code and what code, just, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? All right. So um, I love doing that. And then I try to finagle that into WordPress. Um, uh, so I'll just say my latest example of this snafu is I have a client who has a box subscription site um, and they're using WooCommerce subscriptions. Okay. Uh, the problem is that each time, so each subscription can have multiple recipients. So even though there's one box that's delivered to one address, that's the uh, subscription, the box itself can contain items for multiple people in the same household. Okay. On top of that, each person in the household can have a separate profile for their preferences, right? So each person, um, and in this case, it's children books. So each child in the household is a different age. Uh, they might like different things. Uh, they might have different uh, hobbies and things like that. Mm -hmm. So she wants to cater the books towards each child. So that way the person likes their box and continues paying for it. Um, and finagling all that data so it plays well with WooCommerce and subscriptions in particular is probably the, the craziest thing that I should have never have done. Um, <laughs> It's like complex. Like if you if if this client came up to me again today, I probably would have just built a custom solution. And I should have from the get go because you know we got it working, but then it was just like every week it's like okay this doesn't work properly or this doesn't work properly. And sometimes it's a matter of the data being just in a weird place and it's just not coming out properly. Or sometimes it's like a UI bug. Right now I'm dealing with this really crazy UI bug that I can't figure out. Um, but. Uh, so that the data and I think this is something I've said and not preached enough, but using WordPress when WordPress isn't the solution mm -hmm. um, is one of the biggest things I have made mistake on is looking at and assuming that WordPress will work and having realized that nope, this is not going to work and it's happened to me a couple times. 
Yeah. I taught a class a couple of years ago and it was for people who'd never used WordPress before. And they all had incredibly lofty ideas of what they were going to do with their very first WordPress site. And one of them wanted to build basically his own version of Airbnb in WordPress, having never logged into a WordPress website before. I said, well, let me teach you the basics and then you can decide if that's really the platform you want to use. Yeah. I, I find that, yes, you can build anything with WordPress. Do you want to? No, it's not always the best solution. And you have to look at other things. Like if you do, what are the performance ramifications? What are the, uh, what are the other ramifications you're not thinking about by building a site with WordPress? Are you going to add too many layers to it um, to worry about it? Luckily, I've been a developer for most of my life, so I understand code and you know, maybe I'll be quick to jump to, to custom build something versus take something off the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a whole nother issue that I have, but um, I like my code. Yep. Uh, but at the same time, I also find an issue with the WordPress ecosystem where people don't understand it enough. So they have like 50 plugins on a site that really only needs like one good one, right? So uh, yeah. WordPress isn't always the answer. And I think people, one, that's one of my mistakes is I was too much of a diehard fan to realize that in some scenarios. Yeah. Well, what's your proudest WordPress moment? Um, I'm actually really proud of the role I have, not necessarily right now in WordPress because I'm not using WordPress, but when I was working on the social sites at Disney, um, you know, I was very proud of that. And I still am. You know, there's some cool stuff on there. I was showing... James last night something we were talking about I'm like hey I built something like this and I like pulled up a Disney site and I'm like see this this is what we're talking about and it was literally something I built um with my team so you know there's there's moments like that where I'm like yeah not just is it like WordPress not just is it really cool but it's a company I like it's a company that everyone knows or most people know um yeah. that and that and um uh I really, really like Happy Birthday, Ben. I like, it brings me so much joy and I'm so proud of it. I, I love that people are, are doing stuff with it. I love that other people will say Happy Birthday to Ben. Um, there was, I want to say US last year maybe, somebody had like dedicated like their stage show and like bought him cake and I was like, this is so awesome. And he wasn't even there. He wasn't there, and I felt really bad for that, but at the same time, I'm like, this is awesome. Like, the fact that this thing is a thing yeah. is, is amazing. Um, and so I, I just, I love the community, and, the, like, those proud moments are just things with the community and just, like, having fun with my friends. Yeah, I love that, too. I think it's pretty awesome. If you weren't working in web and web technologies, what's a different career that you might like to try? So uh, in college, before I started uh, in I started college as a mechanical engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that for about two, three years. Uh, I, while I hated the fact that I had to do all these, I'm really good at like low level math. Like I'm really quick at like understanding how to make two things add easily. Mm-hmm. But talking about calculus and, and I'm like, done, no, not going to happen. Um, so I would probably just push through it and become a mechanical engineer. Like I, I do still really want to, you know, create robots, but like, that's the thing. The ecosystem has changed so much where to create a robot that does something, you don't necessarily have to know some crazy programming languages. You don't have to know how to build something ridiculous. Like there's tools out there like Arduino, Raspberry Pis, right? Where you don't have to know some code probably um, and some knowledge of that. But once you have that basic knowledge, you're good to go. Like um, I've seen some, people build some really cool things that are hardware specific mm-hmm. um, without really knowing, you know, that much more than, you know, a typical web developer. Um, so I'd probably be a mechanical engineer. The other option was the other college I got accepted to was an art college. Um, I really, really wanted to be an animator. Uh, I worked for Pixar. So uh, maybe an animation person. That's fun. That's very cool. What's something on your bucket list? In general or? In general. Yep. Nope. Just in life. Um, 
bucket list. Not at all. There's nothing left. No. <laughs> I just haven't thought about it, uh, to be honest with you. Like, there's obviously some things that I want to do, but um, I'm a very goal-oriented person. So, like, when I want to do something, I'll try to find a way to get there. So it's hard for me to say bucket list. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of things. Obviously, um, I I don't know if you, I'd consider this a bucket list. It's not fun at all. But I really want to create a successful company of some sort. I think that's a bucket list. So that is my bucket list item. That's awesome. Whether it's, whether whatever, whatever industry, whatever it might be, yeah. I, just, I really want to be a successful business owner. That's very cool. I've mentioned before, mine is to um, be a TED, to give a TED talk. And so my talk would be cool. I, I don't consider myself a good speaker, so I'm not sure I'd be a good TED talker, but um, I do, I do like TED talks. Yeah. Well, maybe someday you'll see me give one because that's on my list. I'm I will be there. If it's, if it's, if you're giving one, let me know and I will, I'll come. Absolutely. I'll make sure. It's, it's on record. Okay. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, tell us or show us about a hidden talent that you have that the WordPress community might not know about. Yeah. You asked me this earlier and I have no idea. Um, I play musical in or I used to play musical instruments. I was just talking to my wife about this, mm -hmm. but I don't have any musical instruments because I haven't played in a while, but I was really good at it for a very long time. Like which one? Uh, an instrument. So uh, I started with clarinet. Okay. I guess you could say, I, I technically say I started with recorder, but like, who cares? Like everyone plays the recorder. That, yeah. uh, clarinet, alto sax, flute, trumpet were my instruments. Okay. Uh, I played all through elementary and middle school. And then in high school, I played in a, in a Latin jazz band. Mm -hmm. um, and then in college, I only had the alto sax left and I gave it to a kid who was wanting to learn how to play and their parents, her parents couldn't afford an instrument. So I was, I hadn't played it in a while. So I was like, here, I have one in my closet, probably needs to be tuned, take it. Um, oh, nice. so I have yet to, so I haven't played in a long, long time. Um, something I, you know, would like to get back into at some point in life, but that's very cool. Uh, I don't know what other talents I have. I'm not a very, I don't, I don't consider myself a talented person. Uh, what do you think demo did? It had to be Disney related or Tiki related. No, it was Patrick. Oh, magic. Of course. <laughs> Asked, I know he knows magic. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's kind of sad, but I really don't know. I don't know what I can do. I sing opera and not everybody knows that I can sing opera. That's awesome. I think that's really cool. See, I don't have anything cool like that. I'm not going to do it right now, though. So there you go. Blow your eardrums out. Um, so the last question I have is how can people find you online? Like Twitter, your website, things like that. So you can find me online uh, on Twitter, GitHub, which are like my main two ways of communicating, uh, Royboy789, so R-O-Y-B-O-Y-789. Uh, pretty much I try to keep that my handle everywhere. So if you're looking for me, look there, look with that handle first. Um, I just joined... Uh, Dev.2, which is a developer-focused social network. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to broaden myself outside of Twitter and Facebook a little bit mm -hmm. uh, and look at alternatives. So that's the newest one I'm on. Um, I haven't, haven't uh, adopted Mastodon quite yet, although a lot of my friends are moving over to Mastodon. I was just um, going to ask you about that. I I, I was, last night I did an interview with um, David Wolfpaw. And he was singing the praises of Mastodon. So I started to... Yeah, a lot of developers and engineers I know do because of the privacy aspects. Um, I haven't figured it out yet, so I haven't sold... I'm not sold on it yet. Uh, Dev.2... <laughs> yeah, Dev.2 I'm also not sold on, but it has such a bad retro design that I love it. Um, and there's some good content on there. And there's a WordPress community on there. And I think it's moderated by uh, Ahmed. Uh, so... There's some pretty good content on there, um, but also Roadboy789 on there. Uh, I'm trying to think. That's about it. That's where you can find me. I, have, I do have a website. Uh, I, I consult under ARC Control. It's A-R-C-C-T-R-L. Um, it's just a, a name I came up with. Well, I came up with an old business partner. I kind of just stuck around for legal purposes. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. Sorry, for tax purposes. Um, 
So yeah, you can find me online there, but really find me on Twitter first and we can start our conversation there. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for being with me tonight. I really appreciate it. Getting to know no you problem. more when um, beer wasn't involved. <laughs> yeah, thank you again for, uh, you, you shifted your time and then we had an internet issue. So thank you for being so accommodating. I'm learning to be a podcaster and some of those things are just things that happen. So yeah, I, uh, I know how it is. I used to run WP Crowd and I will hopefully run it again once I have more time. But yeah, it's always a, that's a group, that was a group panel. So it was not just getting scheduling for one person, it was scheduling, you know, three, four people. Yeah. 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 That would be a little um, more difficult to do for sure. But, but thank you again. Um, I don't know. You're, you're, are you coming to US this year or no? I'm not. I couldn't make it work. Uh, it's like the beginning of November, right? Yeah. First couple of days. Yeah. So my son's birthday is at the end of October. Uh, coincidentally, the day before his birthday party is my nephew's bar mitzvah. So just like my whole family is in town or going to be. So I could not make it work. I'm hoping to get to U.S. soon, uh, probably next year if I can. And I heard San Diego is in the works for next year. So you never know. San Diego. Um, I'm always at the SoCal ones, at least for a day. Uh, I try to make an appearance. I always buy tickets and support. Um, but, I, I, you know, I have to reassess and I, I want to do another, like, year of, like, work camp, work camp, like, just yeah. getting a bunch of work camps. It was a lot of fun. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to see how we can plan that out. That works. Very good. Well, say goodbye to our audience. Bye-bye, audience. My tattoo. I've got a gift tattoo. <laughs> of course you do. And it's only on one side, right? Yeah, because that's what, yeah, because that's what Give does. They only put their logo on one side of things. That's right. Like our mug that only has Just one. like your mug. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. See you on the next episode. Bye-bye. WP Coffee Talk with Michelle Frechette is a proud supporter of WP End Up, whose mission is to support and promote positive mental health within the WordPress community. Visit their website at wpendup.org.